This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> the house sitting gig continues. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We've got the garbage can just around the corner. We're going to be doing garbage can proceedings on Thursday, which means over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. It is now open for you to submit your garbage can nominees. You have to be a patron. It's easy to become a patron. Just pledge a couple bucks a month. Um, we are accepting all nominations, though, right now for both garbage can and the honor can. That will be on tomorrow's show for subscribers. I was uh, scrolling through the timeline and I saw that Elizabeth Warren was on Stephen Colbert's show last night. And I saw a clip. Mm. <laughs> Talk about two people who've uh, really lost their place on the left recently. <laughs> One more deservedly so, I guess. Colbert is just lame as hell nowadays. Um Anyways, Colbert was asking Warren about Medicare for All. He's not funny. Yeah. He used to be good, though. He used to be good when he was doing his shtick, but the second he dropped the shtick, it was like, well... Yeah, now he just sort of caters to power. But he actually was decent last night, um, although he presented the, how will you pay for it? Will middle-class taxes go up question on Medicare for All, which is inherently a right-wing frame of the issue. Will middle-class taxes go up? Still still should be something that anyone should be able to fucking smash out of the park. Exactly. And yet Warren failed to... And I noticed Bernie struggles with this question as well. They, they try to obfuscate and dissemble like what Medicare for all is. And yes, your taxes are going to go up. It is a new social safety net, essentially, in the same way that social security led to people's taxes going up, unemployment insurance led to people's taxes going up. Medicare for all will lead to your taxes going up. And I think that Bernie and Warren need to make that case that, yes, there will be a minimal tax increase, but in response, you won't pay any more health care costs. And your overall costs, and this is what they focus on, your costs will go down, but you need to get that first step that Yes, taxes will go up, but then your costs will go down massively or else people are going to think that you're hiding something. Yeah. They're not going to trust you. And every time you see Bernie and Warren give these answers during the debates and when they're questioned on it on cable news, because they're going to get asked this a lot. I mean, yes, it's a right wing framing question, but to our entire media, it comes at it from this frame. I, I think it's it's easy enough to answer just by saying uh, a tax increase is a small price to pay for not having to worry about going bankrupt for being taken to the wrong hospital. If you get hit by a car, uh, none of which is your fault. Yeah. And the healthcare market is just completely irrational on its own. So to just let the uh, right wing framing of choice and lower taxes uh, uh, rule over it is ridiculous because no one, no one reacts, no one makes decisions in the healthcare market like they're, like they're a rational consumer because it's yeah. not even a market. It's not. There's no market when you're lying on the fucking street, bleeding out, and you're not like making, you know, market decisions about no. which hospital I want to go to. You just, you, you want the bleeding to fucking stop. Yeah, I think this comes from sort of 
Reaganism in the 80s and how it's left Democrats completely crippled on the issue of taxes. And the way Warren and Bernie answer these questions, it's as though they're afraid of an attack ad being cut where you just have the moderator asking the question, will taxes go up on the middle class and them saying yes. And then before explaining it, the ad is cut. It's like, they're going to raise your taxes. And they might do that. But the Republicans might run that ad either way. But you should be honest. We're adults. Voters are adults. They, They know what's up. And you can make this case fairly easily. And they should start doing it. I think Bernie was trying to do that at the last debate when he just sort of responded, no premiums, no premiums. Yeah. All right, let's do this. It's Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Here's the news. The Federal Reserve is expected to lower interest rates again today as its open market committee concludes a regular two-day meeting. President Trump has been rage-tweeting at Fed Chair Jay Powell to lower the cost of borrowing with fears of recession on the rise. Whatever Powell does today, there have been more weird signals from financial markets this week, weeks after the so-called yield inversion. The New York Fed injected some $128 billion in Treasury bond auctions today and yesterday as interest rates briefly spiked in short-term lending markets to around 10% from 2%. In related news, the Trump administration is making things easier, even easier, for Wall Street banks. Yesterday, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation proposed new rules. If enacted, they would enable complex financial institutions to disregard safeguards on derivatives trades when executed within the firm. Reuters noted industry trade groups have predicted savings of $40 billion for the financial industry, Martin Grunberg, the Democratic appointee to the FDIC, warned that the rule proposal will increase risky behavior with publicly insured savings if it's enacted. 2008 never happened, I guess. I trust our financial sector with $40 billion in extra cash because of this. I also trust trillion-dollar institutions that you know, can't keep track of millions of fraudulent accounts, say, for example— across their firm, I'm sure they will trade derivatives from one fucking esoteric compartment to another. And the guys at the top, they'll know what's going on and and they will definitely care. (laughs) Moving on. uh, This is a funny one. The U.S. intelligence community is still filling up its diaper over Edward Snowden. Yesterday, the government announced it was suing the whistleblower Why? Because Snowden didn't give officials a chance to review his new book for sensitive information. (laughs) I I don't know, guys. I sort of think Snowden doesn't give a shit about asking for your permission. The guy made off. It's not his brand. Yeah. The guy made off with highly sensitive U.S. documents, altering the course of his life forever. I doubt he gives a shit about running his new book by y'all before publication. Also, y'all are still trying to throw him in jail, so... Just move on here. Chalk this one up as an L and move on. The government claims by writing the book, Snowden violated the terms of his non-disclosure agreement that he signed when he first started contracting work with the NSA. And even though Snowden was fired, the NDAs still apply. Several speeches Snowden has delivered were also flagged by the government as violating the agreement. The feds are not trying to stop printing of the book, which was released yesterday. It's called Permanent Record. They just want all the profits from the book. As they argue, since Snowden violated his NDA, he has to forego all the profits and royalties earned from the information he shared. The publisher of the book, Macmillan, is a co-defendant in the case. 
both they and Snowden are using news of the lawsuit to sell more books. Snowden said on Twitter, quote, the U.S. government has just announced a lawsuit over my memoir, which was just released today worldwide. This is the book the government does not want you to read, end quote. Might as well just print that on the jacket cover. To be fair, maybe in this case, they're raising more future revenue for the U.S. government, depending on what the judge rules. Didn't Snowden also tweet that it was a a great ad for Bitcoin? (laughs) Which I guess if he is keeping the money in Bitcoin, if he and... uh, and McMillan are keeping the money in Bitcoin. Maybe, maybe they can keep it outside of of the uh, banking system. And uh, probably not smart, though. <laughs> probably not smart. It it certainly, yeah. Moving on, the House is set to advance legislation today banning forced arbitration in employment and consumer contracts. The bill is aimed at stopping corporations that use fine print to limit their own legal liability, screwing over workers, and scamming consumers in the process. Specifically, it's aimed at preserving the public's access to the courts for disputes centered around, quote, employment, consumer, antitrust, or civil rights. Though the legislation clearly has no chance whatsoever of being advanced by Mitch McConnell, this is a messaging bill for Democrats, and I don't mean that in a negative way, necessarily. The legislation has 222 co-sponsors, which is a majority of the House. And there's one Republican, by the way. I bet you'll never guess who. I specifically did not write it in our show notes to uh, to in- heighten the drama here. You, mu- you might be able to guess, actually. Um, well, uh, our classic Republicans dead now. Who <laughs> might be <laughs> Walter Jones? Walter Jones, yeah. Rest in peace. Justin Amash, no longer Republican. Yeah, no longer a Republican. Um, damn. Give he, me a hint. He's very social media uh, active. He's he likes a lot of attention on media, social and traditional. Uh, it's not Dan Crenshaw. No. No, Dan Crenshaw wouldn't, wouldn't do this. I don't know. Matt Gates. Matt Gates. <laughs> it's Matt Gates. Oh, man. He can talk about this on his Fox. Does he still have a Fox News show? Did he ever have a Fox News show? I don't know, but expect a bunch of weirdos on Twitter to hold up Matt Gates as this, like, new populist that we should all pay attention to. <laughs> Anyway, reminder that this does absolutely not guarantee that Democrats will pass the same bill if they control all of government as they did a few, uh, well, last decade, I guess, by now, or yeah, wasn't quite last decade. Well, it was last decade when George W. Bush was president and Democrats passed stronger union protections, and then uh, Pelosi refused to bring them up for a vote even when Obama was president. It's funny how that happens. Funny how that fucking happens. Finally, we reported last month on the Trump administration's plans to gut the Endangered Species Act. Well, this week, Democrats countered with legislation to restore it. The Interior Department is pushing new rules that would make it easier to remove species from the endangered list, as well as bring in economic considerations when determining whether or not a species should be listed in the first place, as in drilling here could kill off a rare species of owl, but have you considered the boatload of money we'd make? We should uh, consider that. Well, in response to the move, environmental groups have taken up legal challenges against the administration. And on Tuesday, Rep. Rahul Grijalva and Senator Tom Udall introduced companion legislation known as the Protect America's Wildlife and Fish in Need of Protection Act of 2019. I like the (laughs) Protect Animals in Need of Protection Act. 
It would reverse the Trump administration's changes to the Endangered Species Act. Pitching his legislation, Rep. Grijalva said in a statement, quote, if we don't stop the Trump administration's short-sighted rollbacks, more wildlife habitats will be sacrificed to oil and gas development, end quote. Unfortunately, like the anti-forced arbitration bill Sam was just talking about, this legislation is unlikely to get passed Senator Mitch McConnell's block in the Senate before the administration's new rules are set to take effect later this month. The legal challenges, however, could bear fruit. The administration circumvented a number of procedures to adopt the new rules, including failing to conduct a study to determine the impact of these new rules, as well as failing to open up the new rules for review during a public comment period. Both actions are centerpieces of the lawsuits against the administration. We are just dependent on the fancy lads in the court system who, by the way, one of the uh, most powerful ones also needs to be impeached. I guess a good strategy might be because obviously the Supreme Court can only decide so many cases in a term. And maybe because this administration is just going to be flooded and is flooded with litigation because it deserves it. Maybe this means the Supreme Court won't be able to get around to certain decisions that it otherwise would be able to get around because it already has too many things to reverse and they just there's not enough time. There aren't enough hours in the day, maybe, for the Supreme Court to uh, to reverse all these decisions. I don't know. It's it's just so it's so fucking dark when one is concluding a story and saying that, well, maybe this will be struck down by the courts because just look at the courts. <laughs> just look at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, more more Trump judges by the day. I think we should just abolish the entire judiciary. 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for the newscast and the show today. Thank you so much for listening. Get your garbage can nominations in over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. We'll be back tomorrow for subscribers. We're here in DC. So you don't have to be.